When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a new installment in my series, The Secret to Turning Your Dreams into a Reality. In this series, I interview powerhouse entrepreneurs that turn their wild aspirations into major success stories. Kara Golden is the founder of Hint Water, the leading unsweetened flavored water. Kara's addiction to diet soda led her onto a health journey. And when she couldn't find the options she needed in the marketplace, she created her own. I am absolutely thrilled for this installment of The Secret to Turning Your Dreams into a Reality. Welcome, Kara. Thank you. I have been really, really excited about this podcast. This one really touches home for me because I, too, years ago, was so addicted to diet soda. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I think uh, definitely people relate to. So it's, it's one where uh, I definitely did not really know that I had a problem yeah. uh, with yeah. my diet soda consumption until uh, one day I was looking at the label and, and really reading all of the different ingredients oh, and, yeah. uh, and started to really tie the fact that I was putting something into my body that I couldn't really understand, yet I trusted. Uh, and um, there were health issues that I'd been trying to work through for years, not really thinking that that had anything to do with my diet soda. I mean, huh. why would that... Um, have anything to do with that because diet meant health to me. Uh, and that's when I decided, well, maybe I'll give up the diet soda and start drinking plain water yeah. and see if things would change. And um, they did change significantly. I, I lost in a year almost 60 pounds wow. in a year just by giving up diet soda and diet sweeteners. Uh, my skin cleared up. I had terrible adult acne that I had been struggling with for years. And what I realized was that just by giving up something and switching over to something that was more pure water, then I was able to do a lot of great things for uh, myself and, and my health. But there was one problem, and that was that water for me was boring. And so I knew I wasn't going to stick to it. And that's when I started slicing up fruit and throwing it in the water and loving that. Uh, but I thought, you know, it's a hassle. I want to go buy this product at the store. I don't want to get the fruit and slice it up uh -huh. and find a bottle to put it into. So that's how Hint was, was born. I love that. You know, I really, really love your story because we have even more in common because when I think back about it, I was consuming at least six cans of soda a day and it was diet soda. So that word diet, you think, oh, that helps. That's even better. And, but I also had the bad skin. I had the adult acne 
I never realized that the two of them went together. I was always working out, exercising and everything, but didn't really feel like I could feel the benefits of the exercising. My skin was bothering me and all of that. And then like you, I just decided one day, you know, I am consuming too many of these sodas, the carbonation. So I'm an all or nothing person. I've said that before. So I just gave it up. And I too, I, I didn't like just water. So I thought, what am mm-hmm. I going to replace it with? So well, I'm not as brilliant as you. I'm holding one of your bottles of Hint water. You just decided one day you thought too much of a hassle. I'm just going to, can't find it anywhere. I'm just going to do it myself, right? Well, I feel like it, it was sort of over time. I uh-huh. mean, I never, it, it's interesting. I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I, I didn't actually have dreams of becoming an, an entrepreneur. There are many people who do, but that wasn't my story. But I I really wanted this product. And I kept thinking, I, I live in San Francisco and, and uh, I kept thinking that, you know, there would be certain types of stores that would have a product like this. So I went into my local Whole Foods, they had just opened. And I thought, this is exactly the kind of store that would have a product like this. And I was shocked that it there wasn't anything like this on the market. Um, there was carbonated versions of the product, but I wanted a still version that, uh, that also the carbonated versions had lots of sodium. So I wasn't going to swap my craving for sweet with the sodium, but I also wanted a still version of this product. So I didn't stop there when I, you know, didn't see the product. I still believed that I just wasn't searching in the right store. So I went to New York. I had a trip plan the next week and looked all over there. And that's when I really confirmed, you know, this product is not anywhere. I was shocked. Uh, I'm going to go create it. But it's funny. I didn't even think I'm going to go create a company. I thought I'm going to get a product on the shelf. And then it wasn't until later when I was finally sharing with a few friends, I'm going to go and get a product on the shelf. They're like, that's really great that you're launching a company. Like you're an entrepreneur. I'm like, wait, who are you talking to? I have no <laughs> idea uh, you know, who you're speaking to. And I think sometimes if we think too much about the end, we'll never get past the beginning, right? You have to think of the steps in the beginning that really allow you to go and do what you want to do. And uh, my goal, obviously, uh, pretty quickly was to, you know, launch a company uh, once I saw that I could actually get the product on the shelf. But again, I think still to this day, the idea of launching a company is incredibly daunting to people. And, you know, they just won't do it because they'll talk themselves out of it. Everything from, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's too crowded of a marketplace. I wasn't in that industry before, so I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to raise money. Um, I, I can't raise money because I'm a woman, whatever it is, allowing yourself to be blocked by those points, not to say that they aren't real, um, but instead focus on what you can do and get through the things that are hard to you because I really believe that if you if you keep going, you keep figuring out ways to kind of, you know, I call them knocking down the walls, getting over those hurdles, that is the key to success. 
And that is the way to actually go out and, and build a company. And obviously a great product, a great team, all of those things uh, are critical. But I think that there are lots of things that can uh, grow a company, tank a company. And I think more than anything, you just figure out what things you can control. I love that. And would you agree that once you realize that there is a need for the product and you couple that with your obvious passion for the product, that is a very good place to start. Mm-hmm. And then when creating Hint, how did you know that you didn't need preservatives and sodium? I didn't. And I, I think more than anything, I wanted a product. I had a spec for a product that was using fruit and water. Uh, and I didn't want preservatives. I'd really been focused. I had taken a couple of years off. I was a tech executive. I was not in uh, water or CPG. And I was looking at what I was feeding my kids. And I was trying to be uh, cleaner about what I was putting into their body and also focusing on you know, sugar and uh, things that I didn't want my kids to have so much of. And it was at that moment when I felt like a hypocrite that I was really not allowing my kids to have the bad things. And yet when I looked at the ingredients in this can of diet soda, I was shocked that I had been marketed to and I just didn't even realize it along the way. Um, I had a lot of trust in, you know, large companies and and uh, the word diet in particular. And I think that was the moment when I really thought, if I can just get it on the shelf, if I can allow um, people to see what I've seen, then maybe maybe these big companies will go start this company. I didn't even think about, you know, what I was doing as a, um, like I said, like a, a company, or I had no idea that I was going to be going up against Coke or Pepsi or taking on big soda or big sugar or whatever the things that I've been sort of highlighted to go on and do over the past few years of building the company. But but again, it really started from a place of a mission, a passion, um, a spec. And, and I think when I think about incredible entrepreneurs that have gone out and disrupted industries, um, in our case, we not only created a company, but also an entirely new category called unsweetened flavored water. Sometimes if you grow up inside of a large company, you have the right experience. You can't actually see the vision of going and doing things differently. Instead, you have your own idea, like all products need to have preservatives in them. Um, or, and, or, you know, why can't we create a water that doesn't have sweeteners in it? All of those things, that is a great example of why disruption and entrepreneurship typically comes from people who didn't have experience uh -huh. in an industry. I agree. Again, I can feel your passion for creating this product out of the real true need for yourself and your children and the need to offer it to other women, other families, other people just like you. You just simply wanted a water that had a flavor to it that was not 
sugar. It was not sweetened. This is an unsweetened flavored water. It's that simple. And it is just filling a need that was not being offered. I love it. Which flavor or flavors did you start out with? So we had a cucumber uh, water, um, pomegranate. uh, We had a a pomegranate tangerine and a raspberry lime. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. We've learned a lot about flavors, probably uh, the funniest story about, about cucumber early on was, uh, you know, I, I loved, I love cucumbers. I love putting cucumber in, in water. And so we thought that would be a natural one where people would start to see kind of what we were doing. It's rare that you see a cucumber water that's actually sweetened, but it's interesting. I mean, this is 17 years ago. We, we sold a lot of cucumber water on the West coast, on the East coast, people were and people would call us and be offended by the fact that we were putting cucumber in water. And again, I think like the world has changed significantly in terms of, you know, the East Coast versus the West Coast. Um, you know, definitely even um, outside of the U.S. I mean, you see U.S. stores and places like Paris, right? It's, I mean, the world has changed significantly. But I feel like the the thing that we learned was that you have to launch with products that generally people like, right? Because if their first experience with a cucumber water, for example, is one that is not good, then they won't come back to the brand. So you have to launch with, you can, you can have the different uh, types of flavors, um, but definitely you need to have, especially when you're first starting out, flavors that people generally love and are familiar with. And it ends up that cucumber, while the majority of people who didn't like cucumber didn't even like cucumbers at all, uh, you know, they, uh, they would have this memory and it would be tougher to get them to come back to the brand. Oh, wow. You know what? I'm just wondering if that's because, now I know when you live in the East, you can still have a garden and you can still go to the spa but I just wonder, I relate cucumber water to a spa experience, or that's something that, because we lived on the West Coast, growing up, we always had a garden in the backyard, and we always grew cucumbers. My mother made fresh salads at every meal. So I just wonder if it was, if it, that had maybe. anything to do with it. And yeah, in the maybe. East, with the weather, you know, it's a little colder. You can't grow a garden in the East for as many months out of the year as you can in the Midwest and, and in the West. So it's kind of fun to just figure out. Now you would probably think, well, let's do a focus group and see what is the favorite vegetable <laughs> across the country. Yeah. Well, it, and it's interesting. I mean, I think the... Um, uh, the, the flavors that people buy to are, uh, you know, reminiscent of their own journey, right? Before they'll actually pick up a bottle and purchase it, they have to be able to visualize in their mind, I'm drinking a strawberry lemon right now, what strawberry and lemon tastes like together. And if they can't envision that, then it's most likely that they're not going to pull it off the shelf. So I grew up in Arizona and uh, sun tea was like such a huge thing to me growing up and hibiscus. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, Hispanic 
persuasion, I guess, is is the right word that just comes into um, so many people's lives, especially in Southern California and in Arizona and sort of the Southwest region. When we launched a hibiscus flavored hint, the majority of the U.S. had no idea what hibiscus was. And it wasn't that it wasn't a great flavor, but it was, again, it goes back to this visual when people look at a bottle and they want, even if they say they want different, uh, I always share with entrepreneurs, the, the key thing in figuring out the top sellers is go to the fruit and vegetable section, right? You go and figure out the strawberries, the bl- blueberries, you go and figure out the things that are the top sellers in fruits and vegetables. Um, and that is going to be the top sellers in your in your beverage as well. Yeah. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. We do two things in every podcast and have since the very first podcast, simply because it's two of my favorite things to do. But we do a drink of the day and we create our drink of the day, uh, focus on our guest and our topic. So our drink of the day is called Hint Highball. So all of our listeners know that they can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and see the drink of the day prepared and get the recipe. So today's drink of the day is a very refreshing light cocktail using your incredible hint water. This cocktail calls for two ounces of vodka, one half ounce of lemon juice, five to six blackberries, one half ounce simple syrup, four ounces of hint in the blackberry flavor, which is what I've been sitting here drinking. And to make this drink, you shake the vodka, lemon juice, and simple syrup in a shaker with ice. In a highball glass, muddle the blackberries and then add your mixture from the shaker, add ice, and top with the blackberry flavored hint water. Give it a light stir and enjoy. Sadly, we're virtual today, so we can't enjoy this together. But I'll say cheers to you and cheers to the listeners. And yum. It is delicious. So I'm going to set this down and go back to my bottle of Blackberry Hint water. So thank you for this. And for all you listeners out there, just know the Blackberry water from Hint is truly delicious. It's one of my favorites. Thank you. It's beautiful. So you weren't just creating a product, you were creating a whole new category. Can you talk about those challenges? Well, I think that the first thing is when you come out with an unsweetened flavored water, uh, people, the number one question we had was what's it sweetened with? And so our goal in actually creating this product was to let people know that they didn't have to have sweeteners in the product. So it's, it's, uh, you know, you mentioned your drink that you mentioned, there are many people who actually use our product as a mixer without simple syrup. And uh, definitely um, it's an incredible drink that when muddled with fruit um, and whatever you want to put with it, 
alcohol or non-alcohol, it's incredible. And so I think people did not really understand that because nobody else was doing that. And so when you're creating a company, that's really hard. When you're creating another cat or a brand new category, the thing that's the most challenging is that when you don't have competition and then you're the only one that is is yelling from the rooftops, this is what I'm trying to do, it's hard, right? Because you're not, you don't have anybody else educating. And so when you have to educate the consumer, it's not that it's impossible, it just takes time uh, and or money in order to do that. You know, which is a great thing that you're the only one offering it. But again, at the same time, what you just said is just so true. It's like, you just have to be the one, you have to be your own cheerleader. You have to be the one to educate the entire country, the world about how fabulous this product is. I can't say it enough. And I mean, this Blackberry is truly delicious. It's it's wonderful. Did you do a lot of samplings before you decided this is going to be our next water or this is going to be in our top five waters that we'll launch with or whatever? Did you do a lot of samplings? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting. That sort of evolved over the last 17 years since we started Hint. But initially, in order to get consumers to understand what we were doing, we got the product out there into lots of different events. So it's probably easier because it's a water and every event needs water, uh, That whether that's a race or a fun run or um, you know, a luncheon or whatever it is. So we really use that as a marketing strategy to get the product out there to sample it. But I think that, you know, over the course of time, when we were creating new flavors, I went back to my kitchen where I started Hint and would just invite friends over. Uh, I have four kids too. And uh, so over time, I mean, we would invite a lot of them to taste it. And, you know, that's the thing about uh, kids and eventually teenagers and college kids. They'll tell you right away whether or not it's good or bad or, um, you know, they're they're much more critical than than even your friends. Right. And telling you, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. They'll say, no, it's terrible. And uh, so what we found is, is that uh, it was pretty easy to get a group of people together to do a focus group on. Um, but then over time, we actually launched a direct-to-consumer store on drinkhint.com uh, back in 2012. And we've done something called, we call them smash-ups, where we'll use uh, the fruit that is sort of left over from a run and we'll put two together. So we'll put strawberry and lemon together and we'll only do those on the website. And what I think is so funny and so unique about that is, I mean, it's sort of, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. It's it's sort of an accidental um, you know, way of doing business is that we never would have launched strawberry lemon in like a target store um, initially because we would want to put the top flavors in that were, you know, sure bets. We were still trying to figure out whether or not people would respond. We thought they would respond well, but we weren't really sure. But we launched it online and we could see within a few hours whether or not the consumers would respond to that. And they would, you know, come in usually through a an email that we would send to them that we had 
their email and we would say we're launching this new flavor, there's a limited supply and we would be able to see whether or not they would react to it. Probably the, the second part of this that is so funny is we started getting calls from retailers saying, hey, we've got consumers that are asking for this flavor. We've never been shown this flavor. Why not? And and uh, so our response has been, uh, of course, you can have this flavor. And uh, so it's almost created this pull strategy just by setting up our own direct-to-consumer business and and uh, launching testing products um, for innovation on our website. Wow, I love that. I just, I'm so excited for you and so happy for you and the consumer because it's just wonderful and it's, it's healthy and it's delicious. What was the growth of this business like? Was it a slow build or all at once? Oh, definitely a slow build. I think like any time you're, you're, uh, launching a new category and there's education involved. Um, there's a lot of time waiting for the consumer to catch up to kind of, you know, where I was at. I had this yeah. belief that everybody should be drinking an unsweetened flavored water. Um, but, you know, we had to wait for the consumer to catch up. And uh, so 17 years later, um, we're actually bigger than what you mentioned. Uh, we're, yeah, we're a quarter of, you know, closed out last year at a quarter of a billion dollars in sales. Um, so, um, you know, today Hint is the largest privately held non-alcoholic beverage in the U.S. Uh, that doesn't have a relationship with any of the big soda companies. So, um, but, you know, 17 years later, as I share with entrepreneurs, it's, um, you know, the the story of uh, somewhat, uh, somewhat, uh, jokingly, of an overnight success, which is, you know, really the story of many entrepreneurial journeys. It's like it always takes longer than you ever thought. Oh, wow. I love that. So you started in 2005. So you definitely went through those recession years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 2007, 2008 were hairy. I mean, not only for, uh, for us, you know, personally, yeah. but also yeah. just for the business. I mean, I think, and and that's the thing, like, you know, you never really know what you're going to encounter uh -huh. along the way. And you have to figure out ways to get through yeah. those yeah. challenging yeah. times and, and frankly, stay alive. Yes. Right. I think that that's half the battle of of success in any industry that you're in. It's yeah. like trying to figure out how you can keep the business going um, as long as you're continuing to satisfy consumers. Um, you know, there's the other part of this, which is, you know, making sure you have enough capital, making sure you have the support and the team um, as well, which is absolutely critical. Oh, that that's so true. Pivoting through these moments is part of the game in entrepreneurism. And you have definitely done that on congratulations because I obviously cannot say it enough. This is an amazing product and I'm thrilled for you and your company and everyone who has been on this journey with you. You seem like a very curious person by nature. This curiosity must have been crucial in building this company and expanding it today. Is that true? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think that it's the, really the story of a lot of entrepreneurs that I, I think that it's the entrepreneurs that didn't come from the industries that 
uh, they're deciding to disrupt are the ones that you really need to look out for and, and watch because I think it's 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 kind of counter to what we think. We think we need experience, right? We yes. think we need somebody who's worked in, you know, the industry for a long time, and they're going to be the ones that are really going to be able to, um, you know, hit it all out of the ballpark. But the reality is, is that it's the people that really are thinkers, are creators, are curious and, and follow their curiosity are the ones that are going to go and, and disrupt and, and create the companies that are really going to solve problems. I completely agree. That was just a beautiful explanation of those people who really go for it. To have yeah definitely I, I think it's it's passion it's curiosity um, and uh, you know it's it's interesting um, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a paper years ago about uh, he didn't believe that that entrepreneurs were fearless risk takers right and I think about that a lot and people have said to me oh gosh you took so much risk like how did you get yourself to be able to do that and I just I, I think that most entrepreneurs that I know are not risk takers. They're actually, they, they are led by this passion and curiosity. They're led by that, what if I went and did it? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? And they're willing to go out and try in spite of the fact that they might be making a lot less money. They, uh, you know, in starting a company, they, um, definitely will have harder days than maybe if they go into work inside of a large sure thing company. Um, and But the promise of being able to create something that is something that people love, in our case, that people are getting healthy by creating that change in their life is a really, really powerful takeaway and something that is, um, you know, makes me feel good every day when I get emails from consumers, when I meet people along the way who talk to me about the Hint products that they've tried and how they've changed their lives. I love that. Since you didn't really set out to originally make this as big as it ended up being, did you ever consider selling the business early on? Well, I think anytime you have investors in the company, it's um, you know that there's going to be some sort of process that that comes along the way. Um, so whether it's an IPO or or you know whether it's a sale, um, that's the most likely thing. But I think for me, it the importance of being able to create a product and a brand that stuck, that really continued to help people, uh -huh. really drove me um, to you know, keep going and, and keep building on that promise. And I think it says a lot that 17 years later, you're still just as passionate and just as proud that you obviously found the right people, surrounded yourself with the right people to work with, had the right, that, yeah. the, have the right the, that they have the same love and passion and drive that you have. I think that's so important. Well, I think you're speaking to a support network. And mm -hmm. I think that anytime you have a dream, anytime you have, you know, something that you want to execute, it, it it's never rarely, I should say, about, you know, the one person. Right. It can't all happen without lots of people and 
you know, this podcast too doesn't happen if you don't have people who are really supporting what you're doing. And I think like, that's really the story of Hint, but also the consumer, That's right. right? If the consumer does not believe that they need your product, if they uh, don't like your product, I think gone are the days where you can launch a beverage um, that, that doesn't taste good. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine I think that the consumer is, um, there's tons of competition out there. They uh, won't, maybe they'll try your product Mm -hmm. once, but they won't continue buying it. And I think like that's the thing that is really important for entrepreneurs to remember when they're building. You have to have a product that people are willing to spend their money and come back and buy it over and over and over again. And I think that having a product that actually helps people get healthy Mm. um, is definitely a, a great start. Gosh, that's so true. Please tell us all about your podcast and anything exciting you have coming up. Yeah, well, I started a podcast a little over four years ago called The Kara Golden Show. And I, I did it even before podcasting was really on very many people's radar. I mean, for me, it was, it was really a passion project to uh, get other people's stories out there. And I have been very attracted to stories behind brands for years. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to meet people who have, you know, developed incredible brands, um, including, you know, many people I've had on my show. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I just interviewed Chip Wilson from Lululemon. I just got off off of an interview with um, Eric Ryan from Method Soaps. I mean, like just amazing. Allie Webb from Drybar. I I love her. I love her. She was on my podcast in, in this very series we're focusing on today and love her story. Incredible. And it really, there's a similarity amongst all of them. Um, there is a, um, a passion and a commitment. And what I wanted to do, I was already having coffee with some of these various uh, people over the years. And I thought, you know, why don't I just start recording uh, and seeing if we can grab these stories and get it out to, you know, my platform of followers as well, so that more people will know about their stories. Because I'm such a big believer in stories. I think that, you know, there's, there's lots of aspects to businesses that are important for success. But I think that the the backstories, especially with millennials and Gen Z today, they buy from people that they trust, right? It, and that's what stories do. They create trust. And people don't just remember the one word brand. Some people do, but I think that having that backstory, having the founding story of um, giving up diet soda, it's relatable. It's, you know, people want to hear those stories of, of why people started the business. And I think more and more, um, you know, that's becoming something that is is really, really important to this consumer to uh, to attach themselves that's to so a, true. when they're thinking about brands and why they continue to buy brands. That's so true. And I, I totally agree with you when it comes to the story behind the brand, just as in your story, in Allie's story, they're authentic. That's what grabs you. 
So we've come to the place in the podcast where I said we do two things, and I love to end the podcast with a game. Do you like to play games? I do. Yay. So we created a game focused on your delicious product, and the name of the game is Give Me a Hint. (laughs) There you go. So this game is all about sharing hints. One person will have a list of words, and they have 45 seconds to give hints so that the other person can guess what those words are. All of the answers are related to today's conversation. We will play two rounds. So Kara and I will switch off guesses and who gives hints. So first off, I will give the hints and Carol will guess. Are you ready? I'll try. (laughs) Okay. Lemon, apple, banana, orange, Oranges, bananas, grapes, blackberries. Flavor. Flavor? Uh, bowl. Uh, muddle. Fruit. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Uh, bathtub. Uh, uh, blowing. Uh, 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 champagne, uh, bathtub time, baby, relaxation, uh, water level, champagne spewing, uh, carbonation. Bubbles. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Okay. My 45 seconds and I only got two words. It's your turn now. Okay. Clean, hydration, water. Hint. <laughs> water. There you go. There you go. Okay. Hints to get me to say your second word. Uh, how about, let's see. I've got a secret. Podcast. The Kara Golden Show. Podcast. There you go. Okay. You can keep going because you still have 40, part of your 45 seconds. Uh, let's see. Allie Webb, uh, Kara Golden, uh, host, uh, host. No, oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. A guest. Chip Wilson, uh, uh, entrepreneurs. There you go. Oh my gosh, I almost messed that one up. You're good at this. You are very, very good at this. Uh, oh, your 45 seconds is up. We're up. Okay. Well, we did it. We, we did, did it. it together. We did it. I think that was a fun, creative game that Kristen, and we're going to give kudos to Kristen for creating that game. <laughs> I like it. I do too. Well, sadly, that brings us to the end of this episode. And I think that was so, the game was fun. The drink was delicious because of hint water. But before we wrap up, I need to ask you one final question. This podcast is all about sharing secrets. Do you have one major secret that you've learned in your life that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I think that the most important thing is to be okay with trying because I think so many people don't actually try because they fear failure. They don't want to look stupid. They don't think it's going to work. And I think that if more people tried, even if you don't succeed, uh, even if it doesn't end up to be what you think um, you want it to 
to be or or a success in your mind. The lessons that you learn along the way, uh, I believe, are the things that actually help you to do more, um, to do the next thing, whatever it is. But I think if more people tried, um, more incredible companies would be developed. Uh, I think that when we stop trying, happiness also um, gets, does, you know, we're, we become complacent and we don't actually go out and test what we can actually accomplish and, and sometimes surprise ourselves along the way too. Oh, I think that's beautiful and so true. So true. Because, you know, life is short, really, when you think about it. And if you don't get up every day with that mission in mind to, to at least try, you're right. It, it just becomes complacent. Thank you so much for sharing that. And can you please tell the listeners where to find you on social media? Sure. Kara Golden, all one word, all over social media. Um, definitely uh, pick up a case of Hint on drinkhint.com or it's in pretty much every store across the U.S. today. And uh, my podcast, uh, as you talked about, is The Kara Golden Show. And I've also got a book that I wrote just uh, not too long ago called Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, which is really about the story of building my company, Hint, and going out and trying and not sure whether or not it's going to work out or not, but just going out and doing it is the most critical piece. Oh, that's fabulous. Now, did you hear that, Secret Squad? You must pick up the book. You must find Kara on social media. There, I, th I truly believe it'll change your life. So do it, Secret Squad. And as always, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for juicy, fun extras. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.